And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So we've been going through this series, Born of Light, for four weeks now, and we're going to dig into John 3.16 tonight. I'm really looking forward to preaching on this, and it's going to be really great. I can't wait to share this. So let's go ahead and turn to John 3.16. Oh, what? Pardon me. I thought it was my turn. Oh, it's no problem. Oh, thank you. Oh, okay. Well, here. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> We're silly, aren't we? Get the so that pardon required what? Did I have to work for that pardon when he pardoned me for inter interrupting him? So tonight we're going to talk about something even greater than Tim. I didn't have to work. He didn't say, hey, you know, Jim, before I pardon you, you're going to have to, um, you have to um, say eight Hail Marys. you got to climb up the wall of uh, Mount Everest. you got to make sure you wear a shirt and tie. you got to make sure that you don't do this and this. Then I will pardon you. No, it was free, his offering, and something that he did to me. So there you go. Thank you, guys. No, <laughs> that's not it. But anyways, <coughs> I remember you preached too, Tim. So, <laughs> so anyways, what we're going to do, we're going um, to, um, tonight is we need a pardon. And our pardon is going to come out of John 3, 16 through 18. So as I read, you'll see the scriptures up here, and I'm going to read the verse. All right, here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So, as we look at that, I'm going to pray over in a word of prayer, and then we'll get, um, dig into all this that I have here. Let's bow and pray. Lord, help me to be that vessel that you need to preach your word and to teach your word, Lord, even what has I have learned through this myself, Lord, that I may need strength and need to understand your, 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 your love that you have for us, Lord. Lord, be with the people and the ones that are sick, Lord, that can't make it, and the ones that have other commitments, Lord, but yet we have this way that they can Listen to your word again, Lord, and still feel part of Little Hills Church. Lord, bless this service, and in all we do, may we glorify on you. Amen. All right. A true God of love will never leave a man in the darkness of his own sin, never to find him. As we think of God, before the fall, there was daily communication between God and Adam. They talked all the time. They talked every day, you know, like just like how I'm talking to you, how before the church service we talked. That's how I believe how it was. But after the fall of man in the garden, we lost direct communication with God. But God still spoke to his people. That's because of sin separated us. But God still spoke to his people through intermediaries, and those intermediaries, people that intermediate with them, receiving revelations only to the regards to mattering concerning God's redemption plan. 
and his plan we will find that out through as what we read here. It wasn't, it wasn't every day on a personal basis, but he spoke to Noah five times in over 950 years. Moses eight times on the Mount of Sinai. No, that's not right. Huh? Did I say, okay, good, Sinai. And lots of other times, I think, like in the wilderness and all that, it's kind of like, you know, a hit and miss. Abraham eight times in over 150 years. Isaac two times. Rebecca and one over 180 years. Kind of amazing how he kind of just kind of really backed himself out. Jacob seven times, one time to Laban in Jacob's, Jacob's lifetime. The apostle Paul spoke to him one time in his life. And I was, I have to, something else just popped in my mind earlier is that a lot of these people were Jewish people, and Paul wasn't really a Jew. That's interesting. I just, I thought of that earlier, and um, somehow that's going to tie into something, maybe, if the Spirit leads me that way. God didn't completely leave us because of our sinful nature. He still wanted to have a relationship with us. God is holy and pure, and we are not because of the sin, because of the fall. We are not. He could have just said, ah, forget it. I give up on you. I'm going to create something new. Forget it, y'all. I don't care whatever happened. But no, I don't think a God of love would have never done that because he loved us. Because as we see in 16 and 17, God loved for the world. For it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And as we look at that phrase there, it just says that he still loved us, even though that um, we were in sin. But what was he going to do? So we have all, all we have needed in this one powerful verse in the Bible. I'm going to show you the fact for God so loved, the evidence God gave, the purpose to save us, and the proof or the pardon God sent his son and the means, how is the means through him? Just as um, Tim pardoned me for in interrupting him, which was, you know, kind of <laughs> our little deal of, of getting a good illustration. The means was complete forgiveness. I didn't have to do nothing. And that's what we're going to see. So over the, over the years before all this, the Jews have thought God was only for them and not for, uh, not for anybody else in the whole world. This was the idea... This new idea in the New Testament was kind of odd to them to hear and understand. They thought God only loved those who were religious, those who were only Jewish, those who only followed all their rules and all that. But um, things started to change. Today we think basically the same thing and wonder. Have you ever wondered, how could God love them? You're a murderer. You're an alcoholic. You're just a bitter person. Man, you're so vengeful. How can he love you, too? Man, you stole from me. You're just a nothing but a thief. You know, and I can just go on. We can think of all these things that we all, we can think of all the sins in our lives, but God still loved us. Maybe not, he, you know, not, not, not in a sinful nature, but he still loved us to give us his son which we'll find on and find on in, in, the, in the other chapters. So if I turn to 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is, is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all shall reach repentance. 
And if you look at that, as I gave you the list, how God was speaking to some people, it was like 950 years he only spoke to them a few times. So as we look at it, we may count days, 724, we may count days in an hour, we may count months, but God's day is as a thousand years. So, you know, that 950 years might only been like a minute for him. <laughs> you, know, you never know, you know, if we really look at it. But God's love is still there for them. We as believers in our hope should pray for these people that are, that are gone astray. These people, we pray for them for repentance. All the people that I've missed earlier who are vengeant, who are, who, are, who are idolaters and all that, we should pray for them. We should pray for repentance, toward, you know, that they could turn from their wicked ways towards God. God brings his love to us like we see God bringing his son to us. This is God's nature. It, uh, this is God's nature is what he asked us to love one another. It's the greatest commandment. Love one another as, as you know, as, whoops. But God shows his love in that. Here's what I'm supposed to do, Romans 5, 8. <laughs> but God loves, but God, let him, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even though these people are in their sin, Maybe we recognize our sin, we ask Christ, but these people that are out there are still in their sin, he still died for them. So in our minds, we need, we need to think about that. That God still died for that person, even though he's in that sin. And we should pray for repentance for them to come back. So God, loves, love, does, that love does not sit on its own. I'm not going to sit there. I'm, I'm an okay Christian. God loves me. All right, I'm good to go doesn't work that way. Um, God wants to reach everyone in the world, but he, but we tend to look at the world. Let me say this right here. God wants to reach everyone in the world, but we tend to look at the world and to want things of it. So if I'm your friend and you do this, I want that out of you. So then we're starting looking for these people or you know, hey, you got a good job. I got a, a, a credit job. I want to be your friend. Hey, you got this nice, rich, you know, home. I want to be part of your friend. So we tend to look at that. Um, or somebody might be unsaved and want to be your friend. Oh, they only want me for this. And then we shouldn't be doing that. I'm not saying to be a doormat to be walked on or stomp on your feet. God wants to reach everyone in the world. But we tend to look at the world and want to reach things of it. Have you ever had someone once... Once you, have you ever had someone once show you love? Oh no, have you once ever showed love towards someone and they rejected you? Sometimes God shows his love towards us and we still reject them. It's the same thing. I believe it is. Um, and then we keep turning away from it. Have you ever, um, I've had it before, you try to show someone kindness, they keep on rejecting kindness, they keep on rejecting you. But if we're supposed to be as, as godly people, people and believers we should keep on trying to show god's love no matter how many times we get rejected not to be the doormat to be walked all over but still shown that kindness so how does god reach out towards us here we go in first john 4 9 it will say in this the love of god was made manifest among us that god sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him amen we don't live through nobody else, not living through somebody else that, that can support us or living or dependent upon someone else, but we live through Christ and Christ alone. He should be our channel. So there we go. I, I gave you the evidence of his, 
I forgot what I even called this. So there you go. You got God's love for the world. Now here's evidence of God's love. I'm going to show you this in the next verse where it says what, what the evidence of this love is. He gave up his only son to be in the world to take, away, take on our sins. The second part of verse 16, it says his only begotten son. Great, um, his only begotten son. So John 15, 3 says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. God is still your friend. He laid down his life through his son, Jesus Christ, for your sins. And we are his, we are his friends because what we do, he tells us. This is, this is what the perfect type of love that God can give and that is to give his son up to the world, up on the cross. That costs God dearly. Can you just imagine? Here you are, up in heaven, and everybody's praising you, worshiping you. You got no worries in life. Everything's there. You got all these angels singing to you, and you're like, you know, my, uh, my people aren't following me. I got to do something. I'm kind of paraphrasing all this, but it's just something I was thinking of. <clears throat> and says, you know what, son, I'm going to send you down there. You got to live with these corrupt people, show them I love you, and I want you to die for them. Basic, it all sums it up. Of course, that's, you know, you can find verses, and I have verses that says it. But then, can you imagine, I got to, like, wait a second here. But he didn't, like, hesitate. Uh, I don't know. You know, I know that through a few times he said, Lord, can someone else take this cup? But just think of that love. God, this is evidence that God loves you no matter what, no matter where you are in life. He is there for you. Just call upon him and he'll come and listen. You know, and it's great. It's wonderful. So what kind of love is this being offered? We can read in 1 John 4, 9. It says, but, but being, oh, in this love, oh boy, I got two different, okay. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. I have different verses. I'm sorry. So this verse, you have to look it up and figure out where it is because I don't have the reference to it. <laughs> but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he has loved us, when we were dead in our trespasses, made us live again together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him, and seated with him in the heavenly places of Christ. Now, we break that down, like I said, by grace you have been saved, and raised up with him in the seed with the, in the heavenly place of Jesus Christ. This is the mo most remarkable proof of God's love for us. He is willing to give up his, his dearest thing to his heart in order to save the world. Not only to save us, but to have it to where, where we sit on his throne. Not to say, okay, you guys are safe, but you know, stay over here. I, I'm still going to live in my palace and my mansion and all that. No. Hey, come and sit with me. I don't care where have you been. My son forgave you. Jesus covered your blood of, the, of, of all your sins. Come and sit with me. He doesn't say, oh, you can sit over there in the corner. You're kind of like wretched, you know. I know your past, uh, you know. Get, 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 get way in the back. No, I don't think so. Nope, not at all. Where am I at? 
Aren't you glad that we can rest in peace that God sent his son into the world so that we can have peace with him? Peace. John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. There's the whole key theme. I have overcome the world. Christ has overcome the world. As we look at all the heart acts, heart acts, heart acts, heart aches. <laughs> As we look at all the heartaches in this world, and it can bring, bring us down to despair. And when we dwell on it, it brings us down to even more despair. And it, to, to, where, to where we become sick, where we become not, you know, not feeling well, to where we just kind of just, you know, just want to not be bothered by people. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Christ has overcome all that. All you have to do is, and I think I'm going to talk about later, is to put on that yoke and have him carry you along. So we do have a place of our hope. It's in ourselves, some type of, oh no. So we have, we have overcome the world, find peace in him. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, which says, come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah, so you take, what it was, you take that, that ox, you have Jesus on this side, you're going to take that, that, that yoke and wrap it around your neck with Jesus. And you're going to walk along with him. When you're dragging your feet, he's still strong enough to pull you along. And that's the way it should work. That's the way that we need to be in Christ. Just think of that love. Uh, you know, go ahead and work a little harder. Memorize a couple more verses. And I might like you. You know, you might be a little bit good because, you know, you wear a shirt and tie every day to church. No, it's not like that. He doesn't look at that. He wants to carry you along with them. For this is the love of the Father in heaven, saying in 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. That's pretty um, heavy to think about. For the love of God, that we, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are are not burdensome because we're following Christ. We're not doing it on our own. So we know that God loves us. God loves the world. We have evidence that he loves us. I just showed you a bunch of things. He says, come along with me. I love you. Come along. I'm going to do this. And now, and, and now what? We are sinful. Now we're, I don't know where we, so God pardons our sins. Let's look at the last two verses of what we've been going over. In John 17 and 18. For God, not, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. So, going back, God loves the world. We have evidence that he loves us. Now What? We are sinful before a holy God? No. Because we have Jesus Christ. Because we believe in him. So we are not condemned by God. What well, we can see here that God is, God is, 
Well, I already talked about that. <laughs> I jumped ahead of my notes there. <laughs> so, well, we can see here that God is not just sitting up on his throne ready to smite us down, you know, because of our sinful nature. That's just not very loving, don't you think? I'm going to bring you all this way, but you know, you didn't make it. Bam! Too bad. Sit down. Get out of here. Verse 70, 17 takes care of that. We are not that free from God's punishment for takes care of that thought. We are not that free from God's punishment for our, our sinful nature. I am as much as I am I am not much of a hockey fan, but I do know this rule. While the goaltenders can access penalties, a goaltender cannot go to the penalty box. And the penalty must be instead served by another player from the same team that's on the ice. The goaltender is still charged with the penalty, just like us. We're in the world. That's why Jesus had to come into the world. He's on the ice. We're the one that messed up. Jesus takes the penalty and goes into the penalty box, dies on the cross for our sins. And guess what? We're, we're still with him. We're still on the same team. But he took that penalty away. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that something to praise God for? Yes. Amen. Who believes in Jesus Christ? We who believe in Jesus Christ and are faithful in him, the charge for our penalty for the separation of God is taken by Jesus' death on the cross. Again, I will say that. Jesus is the mediator between us and God. He is the only one who can pardon our sins. No one else can pardon our sins. As it says in John 14, 6, Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through Jesus Christ. The pathway to God is by no means than by Jesus Christ. Not because you go to church frequently, you read your Bible, live a good life, I don't follow the rules of the church, I'm doing well, and my best friend is very religious, and he, you know, he got the good things, so he's going to say a good word for me when we get to heaven. No, not through all that. That doesn't make it. These may be evidence, or maybe, maybe you live a good life. Maybe you think reading your Bible, these are not evidence of your love for God because we put our faith in him, not our faith in our works. You know, and that can be a whole other sermon Tim and I can do later on. Maybe both of the Tims and us. Jesus is the only way for our sins to be pardoned are taken away. Why? Because it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way. It's not just someone pointing the way to a particular place. It's taking them by the hand and leading them there. Otherwise, that person is the way. If Tim or one of you guys, you know, brought me up to heaven, oh, here, here's the pathway, follow me by the hand. Who's taking me there? That person is not me. I need to grab Jesus' hand and say, take me to heaven. Take me, let me follow you, and you can follow it through his word. The scriptures here is how you're going to lead, how to sanctify you to, 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 to be righteous before God. Not that we're already righteous, but grow in Christ. So he is the way. And then Jesus is the truth. I am the way, the truth, the truth. Jesus is the picture of the truth. God took the form of man by sending his son, Jesus Christ. People can look to Jesus Christ and see the perfect picture of the truth. You want a perfect picture of the truth? Don't look at me. 
Don't look at any of us. Don't look at Pastor Tim. Don't look at my other brother, Pastor Tim. You know, don't look at any of the other people. Or they, they may have some good perfectness in them. But what is the perfect picture of the truth? We go to the scriptures. We go to the Bible. Because in John 10, 30, it says, I am though Father are one. Jesus and the Father are one, even though they're two people, the Trinity and all that. Jesus is the communicator of the truth. He communicated the ultimate truth of living, of living your life and how to have eternal life in him. He did it here on earth as man. He took on the man. He came down to earth. Because it says in John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into commendation, but is passed from death unto life. Just freely right there. I'm just bouncing all over. See how the scriptures all tie into one thing? It's amazing, isn't it? Jesus is the liberator of the truth. He's the true pathway between man and God. Not that other person leading you. He is the true pathway. Jesus frees man from the fears and weaknesses that engulfs your lives. Jesus liberates us from a sinful life. Not someone else, not some way I do things because it's me doing it in my own self. It says in John 8, 32, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 32. Isn't that amazing? So we know Jesus is the way, the truth, and Jesus is the life. Jesus is the mediator between man and God. He's just not going to the Father's house, but he is going to the Father. There's a difference. I can go to church, but if I ain't going to church, I can go to church, but I need to go to Jesus in the church, more per se. I need to go and pay attention to sermon. I need to pay attention to the lyrics. I need to pay attention to what God is telling me in church. You can go to church all you want. Yes, I'm going to church. That's good. I'm happy for you. I'm going to my daily Bible reading, but are you learning anything from your daily Bible reading? But the house without the Father is not a home. It's not heaven. Why would you go somewhere else? So we... We live to see God as, as, himself, as myself. So we live to see God. And every other believer in Jesus Christ, we live to see God. We don't live to see other things. Because he says in John 11, 35, 11, 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he was dead, yet shall we live. Yes, we are dead in our trespasses, but we live forever in Jesus Christ. Eight more pages. A true God, <laughs> a, a true God of love will never leave a man in the darkness of sin. I know I said that earlier. I like that phrase because he doesn't leave us there in our darkness or, 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 or in our sin. He is going to there and pull us out. If we're willing to pick up God's word and read it and find her, are we willing to go to another brother that's stronger in Christ to help us put that yoke on so that way Jesus can carry us through. I may not be able to carry you through, Pastor Tim, or Tim may not be able to carry us through, but we know that the power of Jesus and his word will help you carry you through as long as you put it and hide it, the word in your heart. He keeps his promises in the si and sacrifice the perfect lamb to bear the sins of those who trust him. Jesus has died because he is the only one who can pay the penalty of our sins. One day, all believers who have put their faith in Jesus Christ will meet him face to face. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Are you willing to accept the love of God 
and trust him and, and trust in his son for the penalty of your sins? Then call upon him for the forgiveness of your sins and follow him to make you fishers of men. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. Thank you for what you've given to us, Lord. Lord, may I always have your son have that yoke be attached to him. Lord, let, help me to always to follow your word. Lord, in all we do, may we glorify and honor you through your word and through your likeness. Amen.